It's time for this week's edition of the Virtual Bible Study. The Virtual Bible Study is a live, internet-only call-in program dedicated to the honest study and discussion of God's Word. Do you have a question about something in the Bible? Or are you simply interested in learning more about the Scriptures? If so, we hope you'll stay tuned tonight as we look into the pages of God's Word. The Virtual Bible Study is brought to you this time each week by the College View Church of Christ in Columbia, Tennessee. You can participate in the discussion tonight by calling 93 or by emailing your questions or comments from collegeview.com. We hope you'll take out your Bibles and study along with us as we begin an exciting study of God's Word on this edition of the Virtual Bible Study. And welcome into the Virtual Bible Study for March 19th, 2009. We're glad you're part of the program tonight, and we look forward to your participation. You join in the program by dialing 877-381-4567 or by sending your emails to questions at collegeview.com. My name is Jacob Gwynn. My father, Greg Gwynn, is here. Hello, Dad. Jacob, great to be with you tonight. We look forward to our Thursday night Bible study on the virtual Bible study. We are looking forward to the study. It is a, a highlight of our week every week to be able to be with you, and we hope that you benefit from the time that you spend with us as well. We have an important program tonight. And a program that has ramifications in our daily life, as do many of our topics. But especially tonight, we want to talk about guidelines that we should be making or using as we make decisions as Christians. That's right, Jacob. Every day, all of us make dozens, um, maybe hundreds of, of important decisions about the kind of things that we might just consider where we go, what we wear, the kind of language that we use the people we associate with there's just there's just all kinds of decisions that we're called upon to make day by day the world has a set of priorities that they use in making their decisions those should not be the same priorities we have we ought to have certain godly principles that are helping us make our decisions and tonight in our virtual bible study we want to examine that somewhat we want to find out uh, what you think are some of the things we should keep in mind as we go about our daily lives, the decisions that we make day, to day, day by day. Earlier uh, today, as we always do, I sent out a, an update to our list and asked you three questions that would maybe help spark the discussion this evening. And here are the three questions. Number one, I ask, list what you think are the top three things that Christians ought to consider when making decisions about their personal conduct. So in other words, what, what, what do you think are the top three things to remember in making right decisions? Number two, what are the top three mistakes that lead Christians to make wrong decisions? So that's on the other side of the coin. Second question, what are the top mistakes people make in, in decision making? And number three, I thought maybe this might be an encouragement to us all, Jacob. I ask everybody to give us your favorite Bible verse or verses that you try to remember every day as you go about your business, as you make your decisions, what are some really good Bible verses that it would do us all well to have committed to memory that we could sort of call upon for strength and encouragement as we go through our daily routine? We'll get those towards the end yeah, of the we'll program try to do that tonight. Last. So, if, so if you haven't responded yet to those questions, send us uh, an email or give us a phone call. And especially uh, before we get to the last segment of the program, let us know what you think are your favorite verses that encourage you day by day as you're living for the Lord. And I'm looking at the answers that some of our listeners have sent in already and some great comments, and we hope you'll stay tuned for those and join in on the discussion by adding your questions or comments to the list. We look forward to hearing from you over the phone or over email tonight. And we'll also remind you about the chat room 
you can go out there and you can join other listeners in the chat room and you can discuss the program with those who are listening tonight to have a little sidebar, if you will. Dean in Louisiana is in the chat room already tonight and you can chat with Dean or you can chat with some of our other listeners, but you find out about the chat room by clicking on a menu and go to the show page, and there you can uh, find the information for the chat room, and we hope you'll do that tonight. So now explain that again. If I'm looking at the at the virtual Bible study homepage. Yeah, we had a link up last week, but that's gone tonight. We may put it back up, but what you need to do is at the bottom there's a menu bar in the bottom of the video. You click on that. And then it'll um, it'll reduce the size of our video, and there will be a link there that, or uh, something you can click that says "Go to home to show homepage." When you do that, it'll take you to the homepage for the show, and our video will pop up there again. And then to the side of that will be the chat window where you can join in with other listeners. All right, if you got any questions about that, let us know. But that should be the way to get into that chat room and join in the discussion that'll be going on, sort of as a sidebar to our discussion. Uh, last week we we sort of got that off the up and running. Last week we had tried the week before and didn't do very well. But last week we had a lot of activity in the chat room, Jacob, and and I think people who were in there really enjoyed being able to sort of uh, have some discussion on the side. We have uh, some people that are going in there now, and so you can join in on the discussion in the chat room tonight. If you're joining us from UStream.TV tonight and you've not been to our website. Check out that while you're listening to the program. The website is there on your screen, thevirtualbiblestudy.com or collegeview.com. Find out more about the College View Church of Christ. We hope you'll check out our website. We're looking forward to hearing from you at 877-381-4567, questions at collegeview.com as we talk about making decisions tonight. And this is an important subject, Dad, because, as you said, we want to make sure that the decisions we make are in accordance with God's Word, and that really ought to be the first principle that we look at uh, as we uh, try to make the right decision is, does God tell us not to do that in His Word? Right. One of the very first considerations, it seems logical, if you're a God-fearing person, you want to know that if you this thing you're thinking about doing, does the Bible approve of this practice, or is it forbidden? Has God told us that this is okay, you can do this, or as he said, thou shalt not do that. You know, this is sort of like a filter, and we'll apply this filter to the choice that we have immediately. It'll eliminate a majority of our 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 options there, sort of like that filter that you have, you know, the grill on the front of your car. It catches the big objects. This will catch a lot of the of the choices this, this, that we have to this make. Is gonna, this is going to be your primary filter. This is going to get most. This okay. is going to catch. I would think if you'll just ask that question honestly and go to the Bible for your answer, that's going to catch the vast majority of wrong decisions you might make. Just simply, Does the Bible say I can or cannot do this? Is I it want, approved or disapproved? I wonder how many people fret and worry about decisions when God has laid that out for them in his word. And there really shouldn't be any question about it. I'm, I'm sure a lot of people are struggling with things that God's, God's answered those questions for them if, he, if they just look in the right place. Exactly right. And if the Bible says not to do it, for instance, then I've got to accept that. I've got to accept that whether I like it or not. I've got to accept it whether or not the majority agrees with that conclusion or not. Uh, I've got to accept it even if I don't fully understand it. If the Bible says that this is a forbidden practice, then I've got to accept that. I've got to trust that God knows what's best for me. He knows what works and what doesn't work. He loves me, and he wants what's best in my life, and therefore that's the basis upon which he has 
given us his commands. Uh, Jeremiah chapter 10, verse 23 is relevant here. It is a familiar passage to, to all, but it is a passage that's relevant in this discussion. O oh Lord, I know that the way of man is not in himself. It is not in the man, in man that walketh to direct his steps. And so if we're wanting to make the right decisions, that passage there tells us that we can't do it by ourselves, that we need help from God. And so when we see the help from God, let's take it instead of being stubborn and resistant to that, to that instruction. Um, it has always been in the nature of God to want what's best for his people. Uh, one of the passages from the Old Testament that we often reference, I know we've referenced it a number of times uh, on the virtual Bible study, Jacob, is Deuteronomy 6, 24. Moses was talking to the children of Israel, and he said, God, the Lord commanded us to do all these statutes, to fear the Lord our God for our good always. That's, a, that's just a general principle of God's dealing with his people, whether it was in Old Testament times or now under the New Testament dispensation. God made his rules for us for our good. We just got to trust that that's the case and accept that for, for being what's right. And therefore, as you said, Jacob, this, if we will just do that, that that'll that that's the first huge hurdle that we've got to cross. We've got to have the faith to accept the word of God as our authority in life. Now, when we find what God has revealed for us in his word, we need to accept it instead of trying to wiggle. And a lot of times we try to wiggle when we see what God has told us to do and uh, we try to find some reason why we don't have to do that. And it really is foolish for us to do that. If we truly acknowledge that God is wiser than us, which that's not a big leap, but a lot of people don't understand that. But if we truly acknowledge that God's smarter than us, and if we see him telling us what we should be doing, it is stupid and foolish for us to try and wiggle out of that. But so many people try to to get their wiggling on when it's uh, when God has been clear. Yeah, that's right. In, in Luke chapter 10, I think a lot of you will remember the lawyer who asked Jesus the question, Master, what shall I, this is Luke 10, beginning verse 25, Master, what shall I do to inherit eternal life? And Jesus said, what's written in the law? How readest thou? You answer your own. Basically, Jesus said, what What do you think is the answer to the question you just asked? And the guy gave the right answer. He said, thou shalt love the Lord thy God with all thy heart, with all thy soul, with all thy strength, with all thy mind, and thy neighbor as thyself. And Jesus said to him, thou hast answered right. This do and thou shalt live. In other words, Basically, Jesus said, you've already got the answer to your question. But then the next verse, verse 29, he willing to justify himself said unto Jesus, and who is my neighbor? And, of course, we remember that led to the telling of the maybe maybe the most famous parable of Jesus, the, the Good Samaritan, the parable of the Good Samaritan. But that that fellow was doing what we often want to do. We know the answer. We already know what the answer is. But then we want to quibble with it or try to find a way around it, and and that's just a mistake. It is foolish. 877-381-4567, questions at collegeu.com. We're looking forward to hearing from you. Now, Dad, that's, we've talked about the black and white uh, decisions where it's very clearly spelled out in the scriptures, but we have then some other times when the decisions are maybe not so clearly uh, laid out for us in the scriptures, and we've got to make some judgment about what is the best decision. And even at that time, when we're making judgments, God has given us instructions to help us with those judgment calls that we need to make as well. Yeah, uh, in, in things that are, you know, maybe uh, the, things are not always black and white. And so on those, on those kind of questionable calls, I think what we want to do is, is err on the side of, of being conservative in those judgments. Do what's honorable 
do what will leave us with a clear conscience. In other words, if it's a questionable thing, uh, then the best thing to do would be to do the thing that leaves my conscience clear in the matter and would be considered honorable by everybody. Well, that's our only choice, really. Yeah. Oh, we yeah. cannot we cannot uh, violate our conscience. Romans 14, verse 23 says, He that doubteth is damned if he eat, because he eateth not in faith, for whatsoever is not of faith is sin. So if it violates my conscience, there's the decision for me. Exactly right. You've got to keep a clear conscience in the matter. Uh, then also to factor in, well, we're just, we're just throwing out several principles here, and we're going to get to your emails in a minute. If you haven't emailed us already, do so. Questions at collegeview.com. Give us a phone call. 877-381-4567. We want to hear from you. Looks like there's some uh, activity starting to generate there in the chat room. We've got Jared in the chat room. We've got Matt. It looks like we've got two Anthonys, and so you can join in those guys. We also have Dean so and some others as well. So join in on the chat room, and you can uh, talk about uh, decision-making there. All right. Uh, well, I was just looking at that, Jay, while you were talking. I'm getting interested in the chatting rather than our own chat. No, no, you chat with me. They <laughs> okay. chat on the uh, screen there. Let's, let's, let's throw in some other things to be considered as we're talking about principles for Christian decision-making. Certainly, you got to think about what you are doing and how it might influence others for good or bad. you got to think about your effect on other people for sure. Certainly. And uh, that's something that people don't often consider is how will my decision or my uh, actions affect other people. And if it would uh, be a hindrance to other people, if it would be a discouragement to other people, then I need to weigh that in my decision-making process. And we see Paul gives Timothy inst- the instruction in First Timothy chapter 4, verse 12, Let no man despise thy youth, but be thou an example of the believers in word and conversation and charity and spirit and faith and purity. The instruction to Timothy was, as you're trying to make your decisions, when you're doing things, don't do things where people will look badly upon you. Make, watch your example. Yeah, and uh, and we need to do that young or old today. We don't want to be a bad example or a bad influence on anyone. I think all of us should really be concerned, how how am I affecting? I'm going to affect other people for good or for bad. And if if I will think about that, instead of selfishly just seeking my own interest, if I consider them, sort of on the principle of Philippians chapter 2, beginning verse 3, do nothing from selfishness or empty conceit, but with humility of mind, let each of you regard one another as more important than himself. Do not merely look out for your own personal interest, but also for the interest of others. We've got to have that unselfish mindset that says, I, I'm, as I'm making my decisions, I'm going to think about other people and how this will impact them. I, in addition to that, Jacob, I've got to really be careful that I'm not doing something that would cause somebody to stumble or fall away. Certainly. and uh, But that's something that not is not popular in America today because we have our rights and I can do it and nobody can tell me I can't do it. But if you cause someone to stumble, is it really worth you uh, taking advantage of your so-called rights? It certainly has been yeah. a bad the decision. Apostle Paul, the Apostle Paul often expressed the idea that he was willing to forego his personal rights if it would if if it was in the interest of of his brethren, he w- he would do whatever it took in order to not be a, a harmful effect on them. That's exactly right. That's a that's a far reaching one there that we could talk about some more, but we need to take a break. And during the break, we'll look forward to hearing from you at eight seven seven three eight one four five six seven questions at collegeview dot com or join in on the chat room, and we can inc- include your comments from the chat room there. Do that now during this break. Enjoying the virtual Bible study? Email a friend during this break and tell them to join in on the discussion. There's more exciting Bible study after this commercial. Hi, I'm Wade Shelton. 
In 1 Peter 3.15, the scripture says, But sanctify the Lord God in your hearts, and be ready always to give an answer to every man that asketh you a reason of the hope that is in you with meekness and fear. You see, we believe here at College View that we should be ready always to give an answer to every man that asketh. And I believe that we are dedicated to this cause. That's why we here at College View bring you the virtual Bible study each week. Our hope is that you will join us each week here on the virtual Bible study in hopes of strengthening your faith so that you will be ready always to give an answer to every man that asketh you a reason of the hope that is in you. Please join us here every Thursday night on the virtual Bible study. I know that it's worth an hour of your time. Hi, my name is Hunter. I'm 11 years old, and I love listening to the virtual Bible study. For he hath said, I will never leave thee, nor forsake thee, so that we may boldly say, The Lord is my helper, and I will not fear what man shall do unto me. Hebrews 13, verses 5 and 6. The virtual Bible study continues. And welcome back to the virtual Bible study tonight as we talk about making decisions and making the decisions that God would be pleased with. We're talking about uh, not offending our brother, and certainly uh, that is something that we need to think about. And Paul said that if he was, if if his actions would cause a brother to stumble, he would never do them again. He wasn't going to stand up and say, "I can do it." And it's and my right. It's not wrong. I can do it. I have a right. Even if it's even if it's perfectly right by the scriptures, definite from definition of God's law. If it causes someone to stumble, we need to avoid it. Yeah, I definitely don't want to, uh, Anthony in the chat room suggested Luke seventeen one. Uh, Jesus said to the disciples, "It is impossible, but that offenses will come." But woe to him through whom they come. It were better for him that a millstone were hanged about his neck and he cast into the sea than that he should offend one of these little ones. In other words, it, bad things are going to be going on in this present world. People are going to be influenced in the wrong directions. But I ought to make every effort not to let that bad influence be coming from me. It's not going to be from me, and that's the way I'm going to make my decisions. We're looking forward to hearing from you at 877-381-4567. Questions at College View. Dot com as we talk about making decisions that God would be pleased with. i got a few more suggestions I want to offer before we get to some of these emails, Jacob. One of the things that, that I want to do is I want to make decisions that, at least this this would be the ideal. In my decision-making, I should be trying to to do things that will cause me to end up a stronger Christian, nearer to God, more the kind of person he wants me to be. You no. need to explain that. If it's if, if if this decision is not sinful, how could it lead me away from God? Well, uh, okay, let's. I, I can think of maybe a hypothetical, or and it's not necessarily all that terribly hard to imagine. I'm I'm sure people deal with this all the time. Let's say I've got a job opportunity, and it's going to take me to some place where that there just aren't Christians around. Is it wrong to move to Outer Timbuktu to take this job? Well. In, the, in its in its rawest form, it's not wrong for me to move anywhere and take a job. But if that job ends up isolating me from almost every other Christian in the world, where I don't have I don't have the resource of strength that God intends for me to draw from my brothers and sisters in Christ, that's probably a bad decision. In other words, it, you couldn't say the decision per se is sinful, but it it very likely could be a bad decision because I'm going to put myself in a situation where it's going to be harder for me. Uh, to grow and be a stronger Christian is I'm going to put myself in, in real jeopardy in that situation. So I want to make my decisions such a way that it'll help strengthen me, not make me weaker. 
Absolutely, and uh, and that applies to a lot of things other than just your job. That certainly is one where it's applicable, but it could apply to a lot of other things as well. Am I going to go to this movie? Am I going to associate with uh, these friends? Uh, we can answer that question by asking, are they going to help me be a stronger Christian or are they going to make me weaker? And if they're going to make me weaker, that answers the decision for us right away because we don't want to do anything to jeopardize our spiritual health. That's right. The, the, and that's sort of the idea of not not making decisions that put me in a place where I'm going to be tempted to do wrong. Hebrews 12 verse 1 says, Therefore, since we have so great a cloud of witnesses surrounding us, let us also lay aside every encumbrance and the sin which so easily entangles us and let us run with endurance the race that is set before us. You, you put aside the things that can be a hindrance. Don't make decisions that put you in that realm. Get away from those things. Jared in the chat room says, 1 Corinthians chapter 10, verse 23 is one that he likes. All things are lawful for me, but all things are not expedient. All things are lawful for me. But all things edify not. And that gets back to what we were saying about the fact that it may be right in the, according to the, the law of God. But if it doesn't build me up and if it doesn't build up my brother, I need to abstain from it. It's not the right decision. Exactly right. Here's, here's another idea, Jacob. Just throwing out a whole bunch of ideas. Some of them I think are probably more, more pertinent than others, but all of them have a place in this discussion, I think. Um, would people I respect, here's a good question to ask, would people that I respect as godly people, would they look down on me if they knew that I was participating in this activity? In other words, would I want my fellow Christians in the local congregation, my brothers and sisters in Christ, would I want them to know that I'm doing this or would I be afraid that they would think less of me if they knew I was doing that? If if I have that fear that they would think less of me if I'm doing that, that almost ought to be a no-brainer. Don't do that. Well, another uh, thing closely related to that is we can imagine if they would do it. We can think about someone that we respect who's older, uh, maybe a, a, a grandparent or maybe someone in the church who's older and wise and we have respected. We can imagine would brother so-and-so be doing this. Would I respect him as much if I knew he was he doing that sort of yeah, thing? Yeah, certainly. Uh, exactly right. And and what we got to be careful there, Jacob, of is, is establishing a double standard that we hold others up to a higher expectation uh, than we hold ourselves to. That is certainly a problem. A lot of times that happens. Um, I would also ask, here's a good question to ask, will doing this glorify God? I believe that we we exist as the children of God, the people of God, Christians, we exist for the purpose of bringing glory to God. That is what Paul said in 1 Corinthians 10, verse 31. Whatsoever ye do, do all to the glory of God. Uh, and so you could just ask this simple question. Is my doing this, does it bring glory to God? Uh, that's what I, that should be my purpose for existence. Will it bring glory to God? And those who are not Christians should see our good works and glorify our Father in heaven. Matthew 5, 16, exactly. Right? And, uh, and if, if we can't uh, be a light and an example while we're doing this, it's the wrong decision and we need to abstain from it. Yeah, and, and then I would offer one more here, and I'm going to get off my hobby horse here, Jacob, and just uh, let, let some of the others have a, uh, a say. But I would ask the question, could I, could I pray and ask God to bless me in this decision that I'm making? In other words, would I feel comfortable asking God 
to bless me in the doing of this thing that I'm trying to decide about doing. Jesus did that in Luke chapter 6, beginning verse 12. It came to pass in those days that Jesus went out into a mountain to pray and continued all night in prayer to God. And when it was day, he called unto him his disciples, and of them he chose 12, whom he named apostles. It seems clear that Jesus was praying about a decision he was making about his apostles. He was praying to God about the decision he was about to make. Can I pray to God and would I feel comfortable asking him to bless me in the decision that I'm making? I think that's a, a worthy question to ask. So just several suggestions that, that uh, we have there. We've got a whole bunch coming in from uh, uh, our emails and in the chat room, and we want to get to those uh, um, before we run out of time. But the, the one, one of the things that we haven't really touched on yet that I'm really interested in, I want to hear you, all of you give us your suggestions, the last point that we asked was what verse, what favorite Bible verse or verses would we all do well to remember each day as we live and make decisions in this present world? I think it would do us all well to memorize Scripture. I, uh, you know, that used to be a, a pretty common practice, Jacob. Christians were very prone to memorize and frequently recite Scripture. I think we've gotten away from that to our harm. And so what would be some good verses for all of us to commit to memory that we could recall throughout the day as we're going through our, our, our daily routine, as we're making decisions? What would be some good verses? Give us your suggestion on those verses. We'll try to get that right uh, toward the end of the program. 877-381-4567. Questions at collegeview.com or use the chat room to be part of the program tonight. Chris in West Tennessee in Cedar Grove, Tennessee, says three things that Christians ought to consider when making decisions about their personal conduct. Number one, God's will. And that certainly will catch most of uh, the choices and eliminate many of the choices for us. Number two, he says others. How will this influence others? And number three, what is best for me spiritually? Excellent uh, comments from Chris. Yeah, exactly right. We've got Sue in Mount Pleasant, Tennessee, who writes, uh, Once we become children of God, we become princes and princesses, heirs of the king and part of his household. We need to bear this in mind when we are trying to make decisions about our conduct, uh, about our conduct, our thoughts, and our speech. How would a prince or a princess act? If my father is the king, how would he want me to handle this situation? This will give us confidence to act like royalty. I think that's a good point, and it's sort of an interesting way to, to put into words some of the things we've already been talking about. In other words, how does he want me to live, and how would I be able to best reflect upon him in the decisions that I make? How many lessons, how many crash courses do you think that President Obama's family has taken since he became president? Oh, yeah. You imagine just, just on protocol his, and stuff. His young girls can ruin his public image by the way that they behave themselves. Well, yeah, and, and, and even he and his wife have, are expected to pretty quickly come up to speed and know how to act. There was a little bit of a flap a couple of weeks ago when the prime minister of, of England was here, and I didn't know this, but apparently it's common for these dignitaries to give gifts back and forth. And, and there was some, some news made of the fact that uh, Mr. Obama apparently wasn't quite ready for that and ended up giving a a, a a not well thought out gift to the prime minister of England. And, and so you, you know what, just those kind of decisions going to reflect up him in that position. Well, here we are, we're in the, as, as Sue says, we're in the Royal family of God. And so certainly our decisions and our conduct is it's under scrutiny. People are going, people of the world are scrutinizing us. 
Well, when you say that you're a Christian, the scrutiny gets ratcheted up because they don't like you being better, you being more spiritual than they are, and they're going to look for every flaw in you that they can find. Because it helps them excuse themselves. Certainly. No, you, you say you're a Christian, Jacob, but I saw you do this, and therefore I feel justified that I don't even have to think about what you're what you're. Exactly. Yeah, they want some reason to yeah. discount your claim, and they're going to look at it very hard for that, and we've got to be careful. Yeah, exactly right. We've got time for one more here. Uh, uh, this is from Mike in Orleans, Indiana, who says, remember what Christ said was the greatest commandment. Uh, you shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your mind. This is the first great commandment. And the second is likened to it. You shall love your neighbor as yourself. On these two commandments hang all the law and the prophets, Matthew 22, verse 37 and following. So in making decisions, first we ought to act, ask, will it glorify and show love to God? Secondly, would Christ approve and does it show gratefulness to the Lord for what he has done for us, Colossians 3, 16 and 17. And third, is it considerate of others? Matthew 7, 12, therefore, whatsoever you want men to do to you, do also to them, for this is the law and the prophets. So three things, glorify God, would Christ approve, and is it considerate of others? Good thoughts there from Mike. All right, and Carol in Alabama says, my favorite verses that can direct our minds in the right direction all day long is Philippians chapter 4, verses 7 and 8. And the peace of God, which passes all understanding, shall keep your hearts and minds through Christ Jesus. Finally, brethren, whatsoever things are true, whatsoever things are honest, whatsoever things are just, whatsoever things are pure, whatsoever things are lovely, whatsoever things are of good report, if there be any virtue, if there be any praise, think on these things. And thinking on those things certainly will help us as we strive to make the right decision. Time for this week's bullet point. Don't go anywhere. We're back right after this. Did you hear what they just said? Call in during this break and let everyone know what you think. The virtual Bible study continues after this announcement. This is Greg Gwynn with this week's bullet point. The Bible tells us about the intense persecution that was endured by early Christians. We know that many were imprisoned and a large number were put to death. The Apostle Paul even mentions his own involvement in this persecution before he became a Christian in Acts 26 verses 9 through 11. Uninspired historical accounts give us additional information about the terrible trials and sufferings of those first disciples. We are told that Christians in the city of Rome faced great danger when they assembled together for worship. Because of this, they were often forced to hold their meetings in secret places. We know that they sometimes met in the catacombs, which were actually underground cemeteries. Evidence from those secret meetings can still be seen today. It is said that at the height of this persecution, members of a family would leave for worship at different times so they would not generate suspicion from their neighbors. They changed their meeting place and the time of their assemblies each week to avoid being discovered. Did you ever wonder how these early saints would react if they were able to comment about the practice of their modern-day brothers and sisters? Don't you imagine that they would be shocked to learn about the things that keep some Christians from attending all the worship assemblies and Bible studies? What was it that kept you from the assemblies last week? Were you too tired? too busy, maybe a school function or a ball game, a band concert or a vacation trip, perhaps relatives from out of town visiting or a fishing trip or a round of golf, a minor sniffle or a headache. Some people are too sick to worship, but they're never too sick to go to work or go shopping. Did you just feel like not coming? Stop for a minute to think what those persecuted Christians of the first century would say if they heard your excuses. Why did those people take such risk? Why did they suffer so much? The answer is obvious. They love the Lord and were committed to his service. What about you? That's this week's bullet point. Think about it. I am Nestor Sanchez from Arica, Chile in South America. And I love to listen to the virtual Bible study. And this moment, I invite you to participate in this program too. Gracias. 
Broadcasting around the world with truth that are out of this world. The Virtual Bible Study. Take it away, guys. And we're back, and we're glad that you're part of the program tonight. We encourage you to join in on the program with your emails, your phone calls, and join the chat room. And you can talk with Dean in Louisiana. You can talk with Anthony and Jared. And uh, there's some others out there as well. We look forward uh, to your participation in the program tonight. So we talk about making the right decisions and we're taking our listeners' comments now, and you have, if you haven't joined in, now is the perfect time for you to be a part of the program. How do you uh, make the right decision? What are some things that we need to remember as we are making decisions today? Got an email from Patrick in Birmingham. Uh, Patrick, thanks for participating tonight. He says, there are a lot of decisions that are amoral, that is, no moral concern attached to them. The decision of whether to skip breakfast or to eat grits, bacon, and eggs with coffee or strawberry banana smoothie is really not of moral significance. Whether to wear blue jeans or khaki casual dress pants is not a big deal unless you have to meet a dress code for your job. The most important decisions we make each day are of a moral nature. So I think that's a good distinction that Patrick draws out. Some some don't pertain to right and wrong. They right. can run your day, though. Grits can <laughs> run your day. There you go. But he says the most important decisions we make each day are of a moral nature, good versus evil. The obvious ones are the big ones. Don't kill or steal. Most of us aren't murderers or thieves in the strictest sense. But what about the ordinary day-to-day moral decisions we make? Do we give to the panhandler who asks for loose change? Do we get angry and curse at the maniac who zooms past us on the interstate and nearly runs us off the road? Are we the maniac on the road because we left the house 15 minutes too late? When we get to work, do we do the bare minimum or do we genuinely put all of put our all into the work do we get frustrated with the grandmother who's going deaf and constantly misunderstands or completely fails to hear what we say to her do we yell at our four-year-old when he asks us for the 10th time today if he can have cake for supper do we criticize the cleanliness of the neighbor's house but neglect to vacuum our own carpet or dust the furniture for weeks i know i know these are the kinds of temptations i face every day I don't have the slightest desire to go rob a bank, but I do get frustrated with people, and every frustration is a temptation to complain, criticize, or gossip. Right here we have potential violations against fourth, fifth, eighth commandments. Every one of us is faced with this kind of temptation on a daily basis. Now, there are other decisions we make which may be more or less of a moral nature. Career choices, for example, can be a major life-defining choice. We might decide to become a doctor because we have the desire to help others. This is fantastic. We might also decide to become a doctor simply because it's a high-paying career. This may genuinely be an amoral decision if it is made of practicality. So no one is better able to support a family. So one is better able to support a family. Or it can be an immoral decision because the motivation uh, may be by greed or avarice rather than love for others. Really some insightful thoughts there from Patrick. I like his point. Uh, the the challenges for us are not the challenges should I or should I not go out and rob a bank. The challenges are how I conduct myself uh, when I'm frustrated in traffic. That's far more common and far more likely to be the challenge. So I think I, I like what Patrick has to say there. All right, thank you, Patrick, for your comments. Anthony in Columbia, Tennessee, says, uh, "Would God be pleased with what I do am about to do based on His revealed will in the Bible?" That's something we should definitely. Think about, will God be pleased? Will the action influence others in a positive or negative way? We need to consider that as well. And uh, number three, if Jesus were standing here, would I still do or say what I'm about to do or say? 
Uh, this one is kind of corny, but still a good consideration, I suppose. I don't think it's corny at all, and I think we need to we need to think about that because, in fact, he is there with you, and he knows exactly what you're about to do. Yeah, nothing misses his his view. I, I've got a verse that I want to suggest toward the end of the program along that line. And Keith, and I think Keith is in either Goodlettsville or Old Hickory, Tennessee. He's somewhere. north of Nashville. Yeah, uh, he says, uh, "What would Jesus do?" Or would Jesus do this? That's what he asks. Would Jesus do this? That's a good thing to ask. Then he says, what good can come from it? And third, what harm could come from it? So good thoughts from Keith. Thank you, Keith. All right. And we have uh, comments from Dean. Dean says that he would uh, ask, what has God said? He'd reference Psalm 103, 17 and 18. And then he says, what effect will this have on others? A lot of people seeing some of the same things. Some of the, and those are really great guidelines for us all. I've got uh, an email from Don in Antioch, Tennessee, who says, first, is my conduct righteous? If there's any doubt, don't do it. Number two, what are my real motives? Am I sincere or just trying to look good in front of everyone else? And number three, am I expecting something in return for what I'm for what I'm doing. Am I doing it selfishly, in other words? So, All right. And good, Don. Uh, appreciate thank you, it. Thank you, Don. Uh, Dean's a comment from 1 Corinthians chapter 8 is a passage that uh, I was uh, looking for earlier. 1 Corinthians chapter 8, verse 13. Wherefore, if meat make my brother to offend, I will eat no flesh while the world standeth, lest I make my brother to offend. Paul was not going to be a stumbling block. Even if you, you think about not eating uh, these meats until the world ends, certainly there would be some good cuts of meat there that you would enjoy. Some would would uh, would very strongly stand on their right. I have a right to eat this meat. I'm going to eat this meat. I don't care what other people think about it. Paul says, no, I don't care. If it's going to make them stumble, I'm not going to do it. Exactly right. Now, that's a principle. That's an unselfish principle that's hard to put it into full practice, but it is definitely necessary. Real quickly, we need to get to the second question. We'll go through these pretty quick, Jacob. Uh, list what you see as the top three mistakes that lead Christians to make wrong decisions. What we're going to see here is that they're sort of the flip side of some of the things we've already been talking about. We've been talking about these things from one perspective. This is the other side of that coin. Uh, Chris uh, in West Tennessee mentions selfishness, not seeking out God's will, and materialism as mistakes people make when they're making their decisions. And certainly we have seen the materialism, especially you talked about those job decisions where it would require you to live in a place that is ungodly and would be a hindrance to you. Uh, that materialism is often uh, the reason why people make those foolish decisions, and uh, we need to be careful about that. Exactly right. Mike uh, says, failing to think of themselves as sojourners and pilgrims in this world, First Peter 2.11, and remember to think about how our actions might Today might affect us eternally. That's that's a great point. We're just passing through here. This is not permanent. This, In fact, this is not for long. We're not going to be here very long. And we need to constantly keep that in mind, not lose sight of that. I like that. Thank you, Mike. He also says we forget passages like the day of the Lord will come as a thief in the night uh, in which the heavens will pass away with great noise and the elements will melt with fervent heat. The earth also and the works that are therein shall be burned up. Second Peter 3, verse 10, uh, the parable of the rich fool. The fellow who laid up much goods for himself and God called him a fool because he had not remembered God. He says, we forget to take into account that the deed we do at the moment may be the last deed we ever finish. Christ may come at any moment of our life and our life could end unexpectedly. We need, we never live our lives as though there will be always be another chance to repent. So uh, if I was to summarize what he's saying there, we forget about the idea of accountability and judgment. That's a big mistake. When you're making decisions, never forget you're going to be accountable for that decision. 
And then he says, number three, we fail to grow spiritually, therefore never learn to see things as God sees them. And he references Second Corinthians 3, verses 14 through 16. Good oh, points, Mike. Very good. And Anthony in Columbia says uh, the, some wrong uh, things that people think. Uh, number one, they think that no one will know what they are doing. And number two, they convince themselves that something is permissible because so-and-so thinks it is not a sin, so at least one person is on my side. Uh, number three, uh, I can repent of it later. And certainly uh, people think, well, this is wrong. It's not the right thing to do, but I, I'll, I'll correct this later. And then uh, Anthony gives us a bonus one. Number four, all have sinned, and therefore I can't expect to be perfect. Yeah, and, nobody, uh, nobody's perfect. Yeah, it's okay for me to do that. And, so, so you, you, sometimes we hear uh, commentators talk about the dumbing down process in the schools, you know, lower the standards, just dumb everybody down. If nobody's going to study for the test, it'll be all right if I don't study for the test. And so that's what that's what a lot of people end up doing spiritually, sort of dumbing down spiritually. I think it's a good observation. And Keith sends in his three mistakes, not thinking of the consequences, failing to realize that others are watching and, and may be influenced by my decision, and number three, being self-centered. All right. And Dean says... Some have the attitude that if the Bible doesn't explicitly say that a thing is wrong, then it must be okay. We've talked about that. That's a, that's a question we've talked about several times in relationship to the authority of the Scriptures. The silence of the Scriptures do not authorize us to act. In other words, just because it doesn't say not to do a thing doesn't necessarily mean it. And we understand that more in our daily life than we do in uh, worship. You, from, for instance, I mean, if God has to specifically say something's wrong, then I can go to any movie that I want to go to. Because it doesn't but God say, doesn't say you shouldn't go to a movie. Where in the Bible does it say that thou shalt not go to a pornographic movie? It doesn't say that. But principles are set forth that would prove it wrong, obviously. So we got to we got to be honest. We understand the authority, yeah. I think, a little more than our in our private life. Uh, Dean goes on to say, failure to pray. A big mistake is failure to pray when making important decisions. One of the great blessings that true Christians have is the privilege to pray to God. Man, we ought to use that when we have a decision to make. A good point. Uh, uh, Dean, and then he says, not considering how some decisions might reflect upon the Lord, his church, and me as his child. we got to think about all of that, about how our decisions are going to be uh, an influence on others. Uh, right. And then let me catch Don's comment here real quick. He says, here, here are three common mistakes. Some think that God only sees them while in the church house. Uh, would, wear, would someone wear a swimsuit to the church? No, but you know, he not only sees me what I'm wearing when I come to the church building, but he also sees me uh, all the rest of the time too. Number two, he says taking others at their word instead of checking them out. Uh, he, he gives an example of maybe marrying someone who is divorced without actually checking to see if that was scriptural or not. You got to check that out. He says, uh, in other words, if my if if my eternal well-being is at stake, it's worth asking some questions for sure. I agree with Don on that, and he says. Thinking we already know it all when it comes to what the Bible says, not willing to even consider that we that what we are doing may be wrong. That's a big mistake. We've all got to be aware that there's more to learn, and we keep studying and never be closed-minded to the truth. I think those are good, all good points. Thank you for your good comments tonight, Don. We've got plenty of 
comments from our listeners, but uh, you may be out there and you haven't commented yet. We'll look forward to hearing from you. And you can join in on the chat room. We'll remind you, you've got a few more minutes to join in with listeners there. There's some good chatter going on in the chat room tonight. It looks like some old friendships are being uh uh, renewed here, and some people are catching up on old times. Yeah, there's a lot of chatter going on over there in the in the chat room. If you've not joined in that, try that out. You, I think the people who are doing that are getting a, a, a really enjoying that, and it's a it's a good sidebar to the program as we go along. Click on the menu at the bottom of the video page and click on Go to Show Page, and from that page you'll see the chat room on the right. We'll take our last break and take it to the top of the hour right after this. Are you listening? There's going to be a test on this stuff. Stay tuned. The virtual Bible study will be right back after this. Hello. Hey, Matt. No, I don't have any plans for Friday night. What are you doing? Oh, I won't be able to go with you to watch that movie. Because, Matt, the movie is rated R. Hey, why don't you just come over and hang out at my house Friday night? Great. I'll see you there. Being pleasing to God means that you may have to be different than the crowd. But don't be afraid to stand up for what's right. It just might find it is easier than what you expect. A message brought to you by College of Church of Christ. I'm James Buchanan from Columbia, Tennessee, and I love to listen to the virtual Bible study. And whatsoever ye do in word or deed, do all in the name of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks to God and the Father by him. Colossians 3:17. Now, back to the program. And welcome back to the virtual Bible study tonight. Jared in Cookville, Tennessee, sends in tonight that Rehoboam is a great example of listening to the wrong advice when making a decision. We remember that he listened to his peers rather than to the wise men. And he was led astray. And we need to be careful about the uh, counsel and advice that we seek as well. 877-381-4567. Questions at collegeview.com. As we talk about making good decisions and calling us right now is a good decision that God would agree with. We would encourage you to call in and be a part of the virtual Bible study tonight. All right. Now, we, we've dealt with the first two questions that we put out there earlier today. Uh, the question of what are the things we need to remember what are the mistakes we need to avoid? But, but I'm especially interested in some of these verses that uh, people have been sending. I asked question three, give us your favorite Bible verse or verses that we would all do well to remember each day as we live and make decisions in this present world. Um, I think that's, a, that's an, an interesting thing. I'd like to know what encourages others. And so let's get to some of these things, Jacob. Um, and we and we need we're going to have to turn our Bibles to some of these because some of them put the scriptures in their text and some of them didn't. All right, Proverbs chapter three. This is from Chris in West Tennessee. Proverbs chapter three, verses five and six were sent in from Chris in Cedar Grove, Tennessee. Proverbs chapter. I actually, uh, I, I bet there are not very many people who know where Cedar Grove is, but we do know where. That Probably is. people live down the road from Cedar Grove. Don't know <laughs> yeah, where Cedar right. Grove is. Proverbs chapter three, verses five and six. Trust in the Lord with all thy heart, and lean not to thine own understanding. In all thy ways acknowledge Him, and He shall direct thy paths. And so, we've got to go to God's word. That's what Chris is telling us there. With that passage, is what God is telling us. Don't. Trust in your own uh, wisdom. Don't think that you can just figure out the best way to go in and of yourself. Turn to God for that advice and that, uh, that counsel. Then he mentions three verses, those three passages from the Sermon on the Mount. Matthew six thirty three, Seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things shall be added to you. We all ought to remember that verse for sure. Matthew 7, verse 12, which is what men have labeled the golden rule. Therefore, all things whatsoever ye would that men should do to you, do ye even so to them, for this is the law and the prophets. And then 
uh, he mentions also one more from the Sermon on the Mount, Matthew 6, verse 19, beginning, Lay not up for yourself treasure on earth, where moth and rust doth corrupt, and where thieves break through and steal. But lay up for yourselves treasure in heaven, where neither moth nor rust doth corrupt, and where thieves do not break through nor steal. For where your treasure is, there will your heart be also. I like the way that Chris did those, because those line up with his answers on things we should consider. God's will, others, and will this be best for me spiritually? Exactly right. Very good. Thank you, Chris. All right. Michael in Orleans, Indiana. Emails in, and he says uh, the verses he likes. As for God, his way is perfect. The way of the Lord is proven. He is a shield to all who trust in him. That's from Second Samuel chapter 22, verse 31. He also references Jeremiah. I like that, but just before you pass from that, this is, notice where it says the word of the Lord is proven. It has been proved over and over and over again that doing what God says will work. Certainly, we shouldn't. We don't have to. We don't have we don't to have reinvent to, any wheels here. Uh, we don't have to try that out. Uh, try, try the opposite. You know, I, I don't have to go out and get drunk just to see. Was God right when He told me not to do that? <clears throat> yeah, exactly right. And you know, and it, what what has been proven <laughs> is it says the word of the Lord is proven, and what has been proven is the thing that follows there in Second Samuel chapter twenty two verse thirty one. He is a shield to all who trust in Him. He'll keep us from all kinds of harm. If we'll just look to him and do his will. Jeremiah chapter 6 verse 16 says, Thus saith the Lord, stand in the ways and see and ask for the old paths where the good way is and walk in it. Then you will find rest for your souls. Again, we don't have to be revolutionary. We don't have to find new ways to live our lives. It has been done before. And the way that we want to live is exactly the way that faithful people have been living throughout ask ask for the old paths where the good way is a very important statement and then finally from uh, the book of ecclesiastes we read uh, ecclesiastes chapter 12 verse 13 and 14 let us hear the conclusion of the whole matter fear god and keep his commandments for this is the is man's all for god will bring every work into judgment including every secret thing whether good or evil and if we'll remember our purpose here in living, that makes those decisions a lot easier. That's really an interesting passage when you consider it in light of the book of Ecclesiastes and Solomon's searching and all the things he went through and finally came to that conclusion. Very good. Uh, Sue in Mount Pleasant uh, suggested, she was the one who suggested earlier, live like children of the king. And so she she suggests First Peter 2 verse 9 is a good verse. Remember, ye are a chosen generation, a royal priesthood, and holy nation, a peculiar people, that ye should show forth the praises of him who hath called you out of darkness into his marvelous light. Very good. All right. And Anthony in Columbia sends in James chapter 4 verse 17 where we read, Therefore to him that knoweth to do good and doeth it not, to him it is sin. So we need to know what God's word tells us to do, and then we need to make sure that we're doing it. If not, if our decisions require us to avoid doing what God has told us to do, then they're wrong. He also sends in Matthew chapter 5, verses 16, where we read, Let your light so shine before men that they may see your good works and glorify your Father which is in heaven. If this harms our influence in the world, it is wrong, and we need to avoid that decision. He backs up to Matthew chapter 5, verse 13, where we read, Ye are the salt of the earth, but if the salt have lost his savor, wherewith shall it be salted? Is thenceforth good for nothing but to be cast out and to be trodden under foot of men. And so uh, we've got to make sure that we're protecting our influence at all times. And we appreciate Anthony he, for saying those. He, he mentions Hebrews 4.13. I would have to add this one. I agree with this is one we've got to keep in mind. Neither is there any creature that is not manifest in his sight, but all things are naked and open unto the eyes of him with whom we have to do. You're not hiding anything from God. Remember that. And that ties in with the next passage that he lists, and that's Matthew chapter 12, verse 36. But I say unto you that every idle word that men shall speak, they shall give account thereof in the day of judgment. 
And so God knows what we're doing. He knows what we say. And he's going to call, call us into yeah, account. I, I've got a couple more I would add to that from my list. Numbers 3223, be sure your sin will find you out. You're not going to hide that. And Proverbs 15:3, the eyes of the Lord are in every place, beholding the evil and the good. All right. Very good. Appreciate those good verses tonight, Anthony. And uh, we have a, a passage from uh, from Keith, north of Nashville tonight. He sends us in uh, the passage from Psalms, the first Psalm, verses 1 through 3, Psalm 1, 1 through 3, where we read, Blessed is the man that walketh not in the counsel of the ungodly, nor set, standeth in the way of sinners, nor setteth in the seat of the scornful. But his delight is in the law of the Lord, and in his law doth he meditate day and night. He shall be like a tree Planted by, the, planted by the rivers of water that bringeth forth fruit in his season, and his leaf shall not wither, and wither, whatsoever he doeth shall prosper. We see a, a, a picture there of a man who certainly would make good decisions. His delight is the law of the Lord, and in his law doth he meditate day and night. I can't envision that person making bad decisions. No, because he's spending all of his time thinking about things the way God wants him to think about them. Certainly. Exactly right. Um, Dean in Louisiana says be, uh, from Ephesians 5.15, Therefore, be careful how you walk, not as unwise men, but as wise. Be wise. You, you, you've got the basis for that wisdom in the Word of God. Be wise. Um, and then uh, Don in Antioch, Tennessee, offers uh, Romans 8.29, conform to the image of Jesus, Romans 14, verse 16, let not then your good be evil spoken of, and 1 Thessalonians 5, 22, abstain from all appearance of evil. That's a, that's one that I would think of too, Don, 1 Thessalonians 5, 22, abstain from all appearance of evil. Just make sure you're living in such a way to not even give it a hint. Or every of form evil. of evil, every, some translations, yeah. but every form of evil, and that will certainly catch all of our decisions. If it is any form of evil, we're going to stay away from it. We have Jacob, to, we got time... Uh, to get into the chat room, and let's run down through that list and see what some of the f- people in the chat room suggested as good verses. Uh, let's see here. Romans chapter 13, verses, verse 14, but put you on the Lord Jesus yeah. Christ and make no provision for the flesh to fulfill the lust thereof. Uh, that would be a good verse to remember, the commenter says there, and that certainly is. If we're interested in doing what God wants us to do and we're not going to make provision for the flesh, that means that we're only going to be making the right decision, and if it would lead us down that road of fulfilling some fleshly desire, we're going to stay away from it. We're not going to make any provision for that. We're going to cut that one off before it even gets started. Um, one of the chatters suggests Matthew six thirty three. we already mentioned, Seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things shall be added to you. Uh, Anthony adds, Titus 2, verse 12, denying ungodliness and worldly lusts, we should live soberly, righteously, and godly in this present world. Uh, who else we got here? Well, we have An- that was Anthony. We also yeah. have another one that is very good, 119th Psalm, verse 11. Thy word have I hidden mine heart that I might not sin against thee. And that is an important passage, Dad, and that is uh, why we need how to How do we know how not to sin? By, by incorporating his word into our hearts and living by it. That's but, right. And James uh, chapter 1 talks about uh, the Word of God being engrafted in our hearts. And that uh, is a similar idea there of, of 119th Psalm, verse 11. We're, let, we're putting the Word of God in our heart, and it's going to grow there, and it's going to become a part of us. And therefore, uh, everything that we do will reflect that Word that's growing in our heart. 
Exactly right. Uh, here's, an, here's another one from the chat room. We already mentioned this one in uh, Ephesians 5.15. See, see then that you walk circumspectly, not as fools, but as wise, redeeming the time, verse 16 says, because the days are evil. Have we got any more there, Jacob? Uh, well, for Ephesians chapter 6, verse 11, put on the whole armor of God that you may be able to stand against the wiles of the devil. Um, and so we've got to make sure that we're studying God's word and that we're putting that word uh, uh, around us. It were, it's protecting us from evil. All right. Jan, uh, uh, one, one chatter in the chat room says, I think we can develop a pattern of life that avoids transgression for the most part. I think a bigger danger is omission as well. Might be good to remember James 4:17. Therefore, to him that knoweth to do good and doeth it not, to him is a sin. Uh, James, did you just you just read James 4:17, Jacob? I did not. Uh, yeah. James 4:17. Uh, we may have read that one earlier, actually. I believe from Anthony James chapter. Yeah, to yeah. him that knoweth to do good and doeth it not, yeah, to yeah, him is yeah. sin. Uh huh. And I think maybe that's that's God. And we have there. David. Next time you come up this way, stop by and see us. So David, don't forget. Oh, that's yeah. not supposed that's, to be on there. Okay, that's, that's just right. in the chatting. And then I got an email just come in from Arthur in Cullioca, Tennessee, who offers John six verses 66 through 69 from that time many of the disciples went back and walked no more with him then said jesus to the 12 will ye also go away then simon peter answered him lord to whom shall we go thou hast the words of eternal life and we believe and are sure that thou art that christ the son of the living god now that has a good ramification You, you think about when people have an important decision where do they go do they go to the library or go to the self-help section of the bookstore and look for those words of wisdom or do they look to God first? Now, certainly we can get advice from others, but a lot of times people are putting more weight on those self-help books because somebody was able to get a book published. He must know more than God who's had this book for yeah. us throughout time. Good suggestion, Arthur. I want to mention one more um, some of some of our listeners here in Middle Tennessee will remember Billy Ashworth, who was a powerful influence for good for many years. He's passed away. But his favorite verse, it was mentioned at his funeral, uh, was in Acts 27 when Paul was on the ship and they were about to be shipwrecked. But it, he had had a vision that all of those on the ship would be spared. And he said in Acts chapter 27, verse 25, Wherefore, sirs, be of good cheer, for I believe God that it shall be even as it was told me. No, that's a statement. And that and that belief that was given that Paul had there was not an easy belief. It did not make sense to believe God at that time. The ship was getting torn apart. The seas were rough. It would look like anyone would have to say, you're going to die. But God told him that they wouldn't, and nobody would, and he believed that. And we need to have that same faith when we have those stormy times of our life, when the seas are rough, and we've got to make a decision, a tough decision, when we see God's will for us in those in that decision, we need to do that and have confidence it's going to turn out all right. Exactly right. Well, I think we've had a pretty good discussion, Jacob, tonight about what I believe is really an important topic. Uh, it's, it's a practical one. This is not a controversial subject. This is not, you know, trying to battle out some theological question. We sometimes do that on the virtual Bible study. But tonight I hope we've had a, a program that just offers some encouragements to us all. Well, I mean, you and me and everybody else, Jacob, as to... The kind of principles to keep in mind when we're trying to make decisions about what to do in our daily lives. And we do appreciate our listeners for their good comments tonight. Yeah, we had a lot of involvement, a lot of chatting in the chat room, a lot of emails. So we appreciate everybody for participating. You know, one of the the benefits of the virtual Bible study is that you're encouraged to know that people around the world on the Internet are 
dealing with some of the same things that we're dealing with on a daily basis. There are people out there like us who are trying to make the right decisions and be pleased to God, and that's an encouragement. We need to be diligent in that. Exactly right. And appreciate your time tonight and your good comments, Deb. Thanks, Jacob. And thank you for being a part of the program tonight. We hope that you are encouraged by studying with people on the Internet, and we hope that you'll make plans to be back here next week for another edition of the Virtual Bible Study. In the meantime, we encourage you to put God first in your life, study His inspired Word, the Bible, and live by it every day. You'll never regret it. Thanks for listening to the Virtual Bible Study, brought to you by the College View Church of Christ. The College View Church of Christ meets at 1618 Hampshire Pike in Columbia, Tennessee. If you are in the Columbia, Tennessee area, we encourage you to worship with the College View Church of Christ on Sunday mornings at 930 and on Sunday evenings at 6 o'clock. The College View Church of Christ also welcomes you to attend their Wednesday night Bible studies at 7 o'clock. If you have any questions about something that was said on tonight's broadcast or would like more information about the College View Church of Christ, please call 931-381-4567. That number again, 931-381-4567. Or for more information on the internet, visit collegeview.com. Be sure to tune into the virtual Bible study this time next Thursday for another informative study of God's Word.